You're listening to the Filmmaker Happy Hour on XRFM, KXRY Portland, an interview show that talks with filmmakers and film festival directors about the state of cinema in Oregon. On this episode of the Filmmaker Happy Hour, our guest is Ron Craig, executive director of the Astoria International Film Festival. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmaker Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am talking with Ron Craig out on the coast uh, at Astoria, who runs the Astoria International Film Festival and has for, for quite some time. How are you doing today? Actually, quite well. Quite well. I really enjoy the fact that, I guess, the daylight savings time, you know, it's sort of controversial, but we grew up with that. <laughs> so, so I enjoy it. And I wanted to start with the the where, uh, and specifically the Liberty Theater, um, beautiful old theater uh, in Astoria, but haunted. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, I think you know part of the reasons you know, like I said, what the film festival is so exciting. The fact of being uh, as far as that particular location, because as it you know was a vaudeville theater and it has so much history. And I think, uh, once again, the idea of the history, you know, with film and film festivals is the idea that Astoria is just a huge Oregon footprint. And I think to be able to have it there was just, for me, just a, a joy, a total joy. Yeah, no, Astoria, the city itself has obviously such a long history. I mean, it, it is uh, really first city on the West Coast as far as first Ameri- uh, American city that settled on the West Coast uh, just years after Lewis and Clark and and I had come out. Um, how did you make your way to Astoria? You you are not from. You grew up in Alabama, and uh, how what what was the draw to Astoria or to Oregon for you? Well, close as far as growing up in, in Alabama, I was back. My parents, as I say, left the old country. I wasn't even a year old, and so uh, my DNA is primarily ninety nine point. One, as far as uh, being raised in Oregon, because I was raised actually in Portland. And uh, like I said, people ask me, when was the first time I ever, you know, connected with that story? I was 12 years old, a Boy Scout getting my fishing merit badge, you know, so uh, that was kind of it. And then I got involved with a lot of the Lewis and Clark on the Bicentennial. And so I did a couple of films, things of that nature, you know, getting people to the point of knowing, you know, what Astoria is about. So I think, you know, from a spiritual thing, I just was drawn toward this area because uh, as I, people always ask me about it, you have this little stream out here called the Columbia River going to this little pond called the Pacific Ocean. And then people say, well, why do you call it the International Film Festival? I said, you see that boat out there? It didn't come from Cleveland. You know, as far as being able to do it, that's been an international highway, you know, long before we were around and stuff. And I, and also the, the spiritual link that I feel here as far as indigenous people have been here how long that we know. And I think their essence is still here from a historical perspective. And so for me, once again, film, you know, we're the ones that are documenting this stuff to be able to uh, sit there and, and show what it's all about. Yeah, and, and the Lewis and Clark expedition had has a, a particular interest to, to you, and and you had a documentary in the late nineties. Uh, 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 who who was York? Um, tell us tell tell us about the documentary. Tell us about 
where your interest in York began and, and then um, finally, and this is a lot of questions in one, uh, what inspired you to uh, want to share that through film? Well, I think primarily, like I said, you know, wanting to be, quote, an educator, I think the idea of being able to tell stories uh, through film uh, is just an incredible opportunity. And I think uh, my flashpoint was York, who was the only African-American member of the expedition. And the fact that people did not know, because back in, it was a 99 as far as in coming into the whole thing of the, the bicentennial. Uh, as far as commemoration, I just jumped on that because growing up here in Oregon and stuff, I just had a very little knowledge of the fact it was there. And as I've stated to other people, it's more things were written about Seaman the dog than it was about York. And I think to be able to put it out there, you know, for people to understand uh, the contribution. And like I said, one of the flashpoints you have, you know, Sakagawea involved in it. And like I said, right here, like I said, I essentially live on the trail. Uh, as far as I pass it, and I'm on across it every day. And I think the fact of being able to to do the film, put it out there, so people were able to look at this and say, okay, so that's what our history is about. And once again, I don't even tag it with as far as African-American history, it's U.S. history. And I think we all need to be able to look at it because the fact that, you know, 1805, you got, you know, Lewis Clark here um, on the North Shore there, and they're asking, you know, an African-American slave, and you know, indigenous woman, what they thought because they had what was a poll or a vote at the time. And so my colleagues, you know, say, well, it was just a military expedition. Well, at the same time, you know, in 1805, to ask an indigenous woman, you know, what she thought, you know, and also an African American slave, I felt it needed to be out there. And so, film was the best way, vehicle, to be able to put it out there. Tricky though, because I mean, as, as I mean, this is, uh, there's, there's obviously no footage uh, that you have and you're also pulling, as you said, um, uh, a, a matter of history that there wasn't a lot of previous uh, discussion from. That makes it, I, I would assume, very tricky to create the material if there isn't uh, as much source material to begin with. Well, you're absolutely right. And yet at the same time, we have, once again, you're saying it was a military expedition uh, in Thomas Jefferson. And the thing was the fact that the journals were kept. And so the journals were like the Bible, for lack of a better uh, you know, explanation. So everything, you know, it was same thing, different day uh, sort of experience, but everything was well documented. And to be able to go back and to assess, you know, what really happened, happened during those time periods, it was pretty much documented. And in fact, for me going you know, up and down the trail and just being, you know, just snooping around to finding out what was going on because the material, you know, as far as historically was there. And also I had a lot, number of interviews with indigenous tribes up and down the, the trail and their history was oral. And I think that, you know, at the same time people, you know, try and you know, say that's, it was, hasn't been written, but you know, once again, like you have African-Americans we're not allowed to, to read or write and indigenous people, the fact that they did not write, they had other ways of being able to communicate their history. So for me, it was a challenge. I, it was not an easy thing, but once again, it took me from Monticello to the White House, you know, to different uh, aspects of the, the footprints to being able to see that. And like I said, for me, it was just really very an exciting uh, 
I guess I can use expedition. It was a film expedition for me to be able to find the information out there. But uh, I'm a curious guy. You, you, well, you, and that, and that does show in the curation of the Astoria International Film Festival. Um, so from uh, your producing Who Was York to last year, uh, there was a number of horror films, uh, including uh, uh, Vampira. Which, you know, at first I, I, I thought, oh, it's because it's in October. Um, but she is, uh, we'll let, she's an American actress from Astoria. Absolutely. And uh, it's always kind of funny because like, you know, you know as well as I do, you put something out there and all of a sudden now you can go on, you know, social media and look around. Everybody all of a sudden has discovered this who? And, you know, we have a base, you know, Finnish community here and stuff. And she was very much, well, she was part of that community. And I think it, it's, I guess, it, once again, as a filmmaker, or, you know, and, uh, film festival, we refer to the story all the time, you know, the guy or the gal. And so well, I'm going to Hollywood and become a star. Well, she did. And the fact that her story and uh, for being able to put it out there, I think it, for here in Astoria specifically, you have young people that look at this and say, wow, I never knew that. And I think, you know, for filmmakers and documentary filmmakers stuff to be able to put that out there, uh, for me, it's just a, a joy to be able to, you know, put it out there because in going and working through the community and stuff and as far as informing people of the film and what we were looking to do with it, it was, I'd say it was a 50-50 thing as far as people knowing uh, that she actually existed and what her footprint was. And I think at the same time, you know, doing the whole thing of the, shall I say, the virus we were going through, we had to cut back significantly, uh, significantly as far as being able to, to get the information out there. But it's just like, you know, walking into a room and just, you know, letting people know this. They were just excited about it. Yeah, and, and, and uh, maybe a more <clears throat> broader question then is, is your role as executive director of the Astoria International Film Festival, do you feel more that you are trying to educate or entertain? Or can you, can you break that down? I'll break it down because like I said, overall, it's a little 50-50 because the idea that um, as far as, you know, being a local person or uh, as far as Oregon, I'd like to be able to get people, shall we say, educated about different aspects of film. And at the same time, uh, to be able to put them as far as the, the education and entertainment, I think it's very close because for example, a couple of years ago, we did the James Baldwin, I'm Not Your Negro. And there are people that walked away from that. And it's like, what the hell? You know, and I think for me, one of the flashpoints is to put the information out there and what people do about it, do with it. You know, it's just, it's just really important. And then also to highlight different filmmakers from the area. Uh, I think it's enlightenment, once again, as far as, you know, education and entertainment. And we have films that we do uh, as far as environmental films in the past and stuff and, and continue to do that we have forums afterwards so people come and sit and uh, talk about, open up about the different subjects. And I think once again, you get into those sort of forums uh, and it's, it's kind of a 50-50. People are like, wow, that was really incredible. We did Bob Marley. That's how we got, I got into the whole thing. And there was a uh, gal that was there uh, and her son had passed away a number of years ago. And her son was very much into Bob Marley. And then once she saw the film, uh, she was in tears. She says, I understand what is whole, why he was following Marley and what it was all about. 
So those sort of avenues I try to do every single time as far as putting them out. We try to look at, I'll say typically a little bit of, you know, as far as themes, but overall it's like I said, we do short films, which we're really exciting to do that because that's always, you know, as well as I do, you know, people do short films, uh, maybe I'm not gonna be a filmmaker, but yet at the same time, they do short films and they're classic. And I think that that opportunity, especially now with the technology to be able to put out, put it out there and stuff for me, it's just being the vehicle to be able to, especially once again, I keep going back to this historic spot of Astoria. I love it. And, and because you brought up um, Bob Marley, let's, we're going to take a little music break here. And I just, so that was the, the, the three hour or so documentary Marley uh, that you showed and just a, I mean, a beautiful lush film and so many more dimensions uh, to the musician. Uh, I think we're presented in that film than, than perhaps uh, what we see when we think of like a college dorm with uh, the poster of Bob Marley up. There is so much more there. But um, you wanted to cue up one of Bob Marley's songs for our music break. Yeah, Get Up, Stand Up. Like I say, it's, it's for me, it's kind of the background and motivational sort of song. Because like I said, once you get into it and listen to what he's saying, it touches so many things back then, now, and in the future. And, you know, you, like once again, the idea is in entertainment is with films, be able to put something out there and get people, oh, wow. And I think that's really important. Like I said, you know, the idea that he died at a relatively young age, but yeah, at the same time, his legacy is there. And I think people that don't know, uh, it's good to discover it. Let's so take a listen. Yeah.
That was, of course, uh, Bob Marley, Get Up, Stand Up. This is Phil Bussey. It's the, non- it's the Filmmaker's Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking with Ron Craig, who is the executive director for Astoria International Film Festival. Um, let's talk about who's coming to your film festival. Uh, you know, I, I know that's a challenge for uh, any film festival, and especially, uh, I, I, you know, drawing outside of the area. Or maybe that's not a challenge. Maybe the film festival is there to serve the community. Um, who Who's coming and, and who... Who ideally do you want to be at the film festival? <laughs> well, uh, my marketing people say everybody, everybody. Uh, but the realistic point is like, you know, I'm a Northwest guy. Northwest is just this incredible pool of talent. And I think that the idea that international, okay, that's the flashpoint of being able to cover all, all different aspects of a film festival as far as the talent. But what I like to be able to do is drawing on people, you know, from the Northwest. But yet at the same time, the people outside of the Northwest, they're fascinated, whether they're from New York or they're from London, the fact of coming here, because once they look at it, as far as where it is, what it's about, and they say, oh my God, it's not Astoria, New York, you know, nothing wrong with that. But yet at the same time, we've just been hanging around and once again, you know, being the Liberty, uh, and people coming here to that story, it's it's like a double-edged sword in a very positive way because they come here for the films and at the same time, the history, they're trapped. And the fact we have a couple of microbreweries around here too, which you know, kind of helps things. But yes, I think I'd like for people globally to be able to, to come here and stuff. But initially when we started, it was pretty much for the community. And I think primarily uh, having worked with the Lewis and Clark uh, program, it put me on a course that I really wanted to have people, local people to be able to come and see the films because they're, I, I don't like to use the term isolated, but the fact that they're not in Portland or not in Seattle, but to be able to bring classic films here and, and you know, interesting new films and also give it a platform for short films and as far as contemporary films, it's just exciting. It's like, you know, this year I'm going to do a thing as far as, you know, some of the Film, we always do something of, should I say, classic films like, you know, we did some like it hot, you know, and for me, that was the film. But at the time when it came out, it was kind of, you know, eh, but it's considered one of the top classic films, 10 classic films, you know, comedies. And so to be able to do that, I think that's important to be able to bring it you know, to the forefront. So I think overall, the personal, personally for the people here, but it's open to everybody. I, I love them here. And, and you're also the co-founder of the Astoria Jazz Festival. Absolutely. 
Yeah, <laughs> just didn't have enough things to do. Uh, the fun thing about that is the fact that, you know, once again, I'm a you know, jazz aficionado and, you know, back in the days, and all these guys and stuff, you know, hanging out. Uh, it's like, you know, our, our, our characters is jazz on the river. And the fact of jazz musicians or musicians generally, the fact of being able to play in, once again, the area of Astoria and it's the history and as far as here. So to be able to bring those sort of things to the forefront, uh, it's just, you know, important as far as the music because it goes hand in glove as far as uh, I'm concerned, as far as with the music and also with the films. And, and as somewhat at the crossroads, you did have an opportunity to show uh, recently, What's the Matter, Miss Simone, uh, which is a <laughs> wonderful, it's, it's not quite at the crossroads of those two things, but what, a, I mean, just a wonderful, uh, fascinating, uh, again, a really deep look at a iconic musician. Um, are you drawn to music documentaries? Uh, or do you feel like you need to sometimes uh, uh, tap down your own interests uh, and, and, and think about what might have an interest to uh, the, a larger audience or a different audience than yourself? Well, I think that, you know, as a, a baby boomer, so to speak, you know, you look at these different um, musicians and what their contributions were and you say, well, it's the Beatles. They did all this and this and that, you know, as far as what we look at. And Neil Simone, the fact that, you know, the things that she had gone through with her mental situation she had to deal with and everything, I think people had opportunity to look at it because the fact that she was denied so many other aspects of, of entertainment as far as being a classical pianist of what she wanted to do. And she was denied that because of the color of her skin. And then the fact of coming out with the classic film during the Martin Luther King days, the Mississippi Goddamn, you know, and people start listening to it and say, what the hell? And then they look at the history and say, okay, I know what she was talking about. So yeah, you know, whether it's Bob Marley, you know, or or as far as Nia Simone, I think it's really important to be able to do it. And yes, I'm drawn to it because, you know, as a child in Portland, I was raised in a classical piano environment, my uncle and stuff, and, you know, gospel church and all this stuff. So the music was there, but the idea of jazz was a thing that I really wanted to do. And the fact of being able to put the music in the forefront, I think it's, it's another tag to be able to get people going. So uh, I'm flawed. <laughs> well, I don't know about flawed, but certainly uh, busy, busy and prolific. So you also had hosted the uh, Portland African-American Film Festival for a number of years. Is that correct? Yes, we did. Uh, it was a four years. So we partnered with McMenamin Properties and stuff. And it was one of those things that, once again, to be able to have um, those sort of films out there and stuff. And like, uh, we were still working, you know, and promoting uh, black exploitation films because once again, I did a class over at Portland State, taught a class there back in, in 2011 with the idea that, you know, I had about 50 students there. And the bottom line was the fact that the average age of students are about 28 years of age and stuff. The fact that they had no idea as far as these films and the fact that the music just knocked them out of their chairs. They could not believe that, you know, as far as the films itself, you know, it was a social thing that was going on at the same time, you know, because even African-Americans, you know, for the most part, a lot of times did not dig those sort of films because they were sort of, you know, drugs and, you know, and violence and things like of that nature and stuff. But yet at the same time, you know, there were Grammys and Academy Awards that were, uh, that were won during that time period. So I think to be able to put that out there 
And the first time we started doing it, we went back to films in the 20s and the 30s and stuff. And then all the way to the fact of contemporary films. But I think it was an important uh, segment of, uh, of the entertainment as far as films that had not had had been, you know, should I say, experienced in Portland per se. I mean, there it's a little bit here and there and stuff, but got a little overextended and stuff. If I, <laughs> I better pull it back here to have story and stuff, but we're still able to do the different films here. So man, it's it's a lot of fun. I just have fun every single day with this. Well, hey, Ron, it's been a real joy talking to you. And and just uh, what 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 should people expect uh, this year from the Astoria International Film Festival? Well, we're used to the week, third weekend in October and stuff, and we're going to do a feature. Well, one of our feature films from Sydney Portier, and so I think people, once again, <clears throat> as far as you know, it doesn't matter. You know, as far as he touched all the bases, as far as an entertainer and stuff, and so uh, I decided to do uh, the. <laughs> Lulu, <laughs> to serve with love, uh, because it was just one of those sort of positive films and stuff. And like I said, I, I've probably I've seen 90% of its films, things like that, but that one to me was just really a plus. And like I said, the music and the children, all the stuff going on, the young people, I think it was just really great. So we're going to highlight that as far as one of the films. They're not a highlight, but still, again, we always do a, a, a typical film, you know, of um, past history. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna have usually Fridays. We're uh, even uh, having more short films, so we're doing more segment. The first we usually open up at five o'clock on Friday, and then that first hour and a half is gonna be nothing but short films. And to be able to do that, and I encourage people, we'll be posting our be able to submit the films probably oh about the middle of next month and stuff to be able to submit the films and stuff to be able to get them here and stuff, but. To me, it's just been a love. I really enjoy, you know, this horse short films. Uh, it's good. Well, it's a fantastic festival, and, and, and I'm looking forward to coming out this year. And thank you so much. Ron Craig is the executive director for Astoria International Film Festival, and this has been the Filmmaker Happy Hour in X-Ray FM. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Filmmaker Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and X-Ray FM KXRY Portland. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Thanks for tuning in.